because I was alone. I had no backup option. And the friend that I had, he had a, a very rich family and everything he tried, he did it for the wrong reasons. He did it to make money. He did it to prove himself that he was better than me. And that was the wrong reasons. And so I think a lot of the times we start with the wrong reasons. And for me, it was either I am successful or I'm homeless or because I don't think I could have brought my ego down to the level of being able to work at McDonald's. Uh, but in terms of what I was able to accept. This is Scratch Your Own Itch. The one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today to start turning your dreams into a reality. Hey, you. Yeah, you. So I wanted to start off this episode by saying, uh, that I'm loving, 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 loving. <laughs> I guess I could say loving one more time. I'm loving the way that this podcast is turning out and how I'm really finding a lot of value in having these conversations that you know a lot of us are thinking about having, but we're not actually having. So in this episode, you will feel a ton of vulnerability with Cody McLean. I I can't believe the amount of just transparency this man has. And you'll also find out about your relationship with your mindset on money, your relationship with your mindset on your habits, your relationship with your mindset on yourself, which is a big question because that's, that's a moving target, right? It's always moving. Uh, I want you, though... Uh, to know that I'm here for you. If you're losing clarity and you need more clarity in your life, please head over to the Facebook group, Scratch Your Own Itch, Creating a Life Worth Living. This episode is totally dedicated towards creating a life worth living. And uh, a review that I recently got uh, from Beagle Nation that I really, really need to read off because I just, I'm happy that they put something like this. They said, I love the purpose of the show, and Logan does a great job at asking questions of his guests. It is very clear that he cares about helping people. Great stuff. And I am going to read off one more review. Knowing Logan personally makes this podcast that much more meaningful. Logan has a kind heart and speaks honestly and freely. Definitely worth listening to. And that was by Head of 93 So I really appreciate it. Keep leaving those reviews. I know it's kind of ridiculously hard to leave a review. I don't know why iTunes makes it so hard, but 
If you leave a review, I would really, really appreciate it, and I'd love to read it on the show. But before I get into that, I want to invite you to an opportunity to ask yourself this question. What is it that you, right now, believe that you need to accomplish before you're allowed to actually start being the person you want to be? And I also want to ask you, if you're feeling down, when's the last time you just did something incredibly nice for someone? Just called someone up and told them how amazing they are to you. Because I think those two things, just getting those questions out of the way, uh, not just answering them, but actually tackling them and doing it will help you a lot in your life. Um, doing those two things are habits that I try to do as often as possible, and it has helped me clarify so much in my own life, really. So without further ado, enjoy my interview with Cody McLean. Hey, you. Yeah, just you. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to lose everything? I don't know, your family, your dignity, what your definition of love is, and then be on your own and try to make a dent in the world, only to find out that maybe this dent that you created wasn't the type of dent that you wanted to make. As the story of Phoenix goes, there's birth, life, death, and then rebirth. My guest today is Cody McLean. Cody is a serial entrepreneur. He's in his late 20s and he has already sold multiple businesses. At the age of 15, he started web hosting company and grew it up to $600,000. Unfortunately, he partnered with an individual involved in penny stocks who defrauded Cody in his business and he lost it all. Cody then started another venture, grew it grew it, sold it, and had an entire period of reflection where he was trying to figure out what it means to live a life of happiness. Who did he want to be now? He was searching for his why and went on to start multiple other ventures, including his current company, Support Ninja, that has over 200 employees and $4 million in revenue. So that's how the story goes. But during this episode, you're going to find out much more about Cody and also the way he views the way he wants to make a dent in the world. And so without further ado, I want to introduce you to my guest today, Cody McLean. Hey, Cody, man, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Logan. Hey, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on Scratch Your Own Itch. I really appreciate it. And I I really love uh, your new podcast that you're starting too, and I want to talk about that later in the episode for sure. Okay, sounds good. Uh, first thing I want to do though is uh, just do some quick icebreaker questions uh, just to get that out of the way and, and find out more about you during these questions, okay? Okay, uh, shoot. <laughs> All right, uh, the first thing I'd like to ask you is, is there any mentors or maybe uh, teachers that you had that you think uh, kind of created the person that you've come today? 
There are, I'm, I've never been a people person. I have always really been a, a loner and in many respects, I, I've considered myself to be a super introvert and I, I absolutely hated school. And I'm also a high school dropout because both my parents died before I turned 18. And so I was actually partly in foster care while running my business. And it was only because I moved to homeschool that I was actually even able to escape the system. And I've always had this fear of people. You know, I've had a lot of insecurities growing up. Uh, but from a mentor advisor standpoint, I've always relied on books. I used to absolutely hate books. I told myself, you know, I would never read books and I just could never get myself to read it. I don't know how people can stand reading books. And over a period of time, I was able to get myself to establish that as a positive habit. And six months after I started reading books every single day, I was able to look back at myself and I was like, wow, I have learned so much in the past six months. And that is what has inspired me to go on. And I've learned about everything from psychology to forming positive habits, to entrepreneurship, to leadership. And what I would really like the, the most of all that has helped guide me in my decisions and even the, my, my mentality and the narrative that I tell myself has been stoicism, you know, that ancient Greek philosophy about how to view the world and that you shouldn't let, uh, you know, when, when somebody says or does something to you, it's not what they do, but it's your mental reaction that determines what's going to happen. You know, people can't hurt you mentally. It's all in your head and how you react to that. So, so long story short, um, no, there haven't really been people in my life. The, the people that have been in my life have honestly kind of screwed me one way or another. Um, and certainly there's been some insecurity and, and vulnerability issues with that. I'm happy to get into that as well. Um, but overall, I have very much so relied on myself, uh, following my intuition and reading a lot of books and listening to a lot of books. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's uh, you you're very uh, you're not alone in that. But it's very interesting how you've just taken it upon yourself because I think that you know it's the story of Batman. He could have either lost his parents and turned it into a complete negative and just done nothing, but actually turned it into um a very much of a positive for himself and actually use that loss as only motivation or i guess the word's not motivation but extreme force and to be a force to be reckoned with to keep going and so um thank you for just choosing that path instead well i would even say extreme deprivation as i know when i was was growing my business in high school uh i i was inspired because my it was actually it wasn't me who started that business it was actually my friend and he wanted to get money and he was rich i was poor but his mom grounded him and he was bipolar, ADHD, and he decided, let's start a hosting business together. And I went along with it, but a week later, a partnership fell apart. But it was something that I found that I really I grappled to. I, I was able to cling on to this idea of starting this, this business. Uh, and I forgot where I was going with that. So I'm going to let you get to the next question, Logan, and we'll pick that up at some point again. <laughs> you're my, also my not mind, alone in that my mind is like i describe my mind like a tree where you know you ask me one question and it sort of goes off down the rabbit hole and i go from one branch to another branch but sometimes i forget the objective of where i was going to it's because i'm trying to think a million miles ahead yes i dude just trust me you're not alone in that my friend uh i do the same thing but i i'd love to ask you because I just think it's such a, an important question is, um, is what's the biggest sacrifice you've had to take 
to make the purpose that you want to come true? The biggest sacrifice. Well, uh, if I were to even return to my previous point, I had no other option to be successful, to push myself and try and make money because I was alone. I had no backup option. And the friend that I had, he had a, a very rich family and everything he tried, he did it for the wrong reasons. He did it to make money. He did it to prove himself that he was better than me. And that was the wrong reasons. And so I think a lot of the times we start with the wrong reasons. And for me, it was either I am successful or I'm homeless or because I don't think I could have brought my ego down to the level of being able to work at McDonald's. Uh, but in terms of what I was able to sacrifice, uh, I, I don't know. I think I've, I've had to sacrifice a lot, but not willingly. Uh, my, pretty much my entire family died when I was before I turned 18, you know, having to live out of foster care. Um, but I think the one of the biggest sacrifices is not taking advantage of other people and being able to always have a heart and a level of forgiveness that even though, uh, you know, that $600,000 company, that wasn't the only company I've been screwed out of. I had another company that was over $4 million, pretty, pretty close to where I'm at now with this one. And I got screwed over with that one too, but you know, they lost out at the same time. Uh, so it's, it's not just been once, it's been multiple times, but to be able to forgive that person and not hold a level of hatred and resentment towards them. Uh, I think that's been a, a huge growth point for me uh, because you're not uh, allowing yourself to just like revel over this person or what they did to you. You're able to recognize what they did and you don't necessarily even have to close them off entirely. You just, I, I like to use the term, you, uh, you forgive, but you never forget. And I kind of use that as a strategy for going forward and uh, just dealing with people in life and not holding grudges. So I think that's a very difficult thing that I've had to get over of, of even when I'm literally suing somebody in my head or even in my emails, I'm telling them, uh, I forgive you. I don't want to do this and I don't want us to have this dispute legally, but uh, I forgive you. And then, you know, they'll respond with all the curse words, you know, just kind of expect what you would expect an angry person to, to, to tell you. So to remain stoic in the face of fear and anxiety and hatred, uh, I think that's been, um, I don't know if that's a sacrifice, but it's been a huge uh, help. No, it's very much a uh, huge sacrifice. Uh, and I love how you actually approach that with the stoicism. It's, it's, it sounds to me like it's more of a need rather than a want. Like if you function the other way, I don't know how mentally stable someone could uh continue to operate in that way but the way that you do it like i know that you're a little bit about the self-development and you're you you use that practice as a need to just keep you going um rather than like you know vice versa of just you know watching netflix all day and not actually developing uh good habits rather than bad habits which leads me to my next question is uh what are a couple of um good habits that you do think has moved you forward in your life and longevity of, of continuing to go? Oh, I have a million habits, Logan. Uh, it, it started, if I had to go back all the way to when I was young, I would wake up every day when I was running my business at 15, et cetera, and I would uh, watch an hour of TV and I would eat a bowl of sugary milk and cereal. And I would go work for the rest of the day and completely burn myself out. And I would burn myself out so much that I would often spend days on end just playing video games like World of Warcraft. 
And today I'm a much different person. I realized at some point that, you know, I can have all the money in the world, but that's not going to do me a lick of difference if I don't support my foundations first. And too often we're aspiring to be somewhere else without looking at where we're going right now. And I sort of like, I started reading books, right? And I, I, I started acquiring all this knowledge and that led me to my, what I call my keystone habits, where every day I wake up, I either go to the gym, I do strength training, or I go to run uh, four miles. And then I'll go and meditate, practice Sazen meditation for 20 minutes. And I'll read a book for 30 minutes in my massage chair, which is very, very relaxing. And then I will go into my bed actually on my laptop. And then I will watch a course on Linda or Udemy, which is about 15 minutes. So I do typically one chapter and then I'll do writing for about 25 to 30 minutes. I've tried aiming for a word count, but I've just found myself unable to do that. Uh, and then I also have a habit of doing a Duolingo session. Right now I'm trying to learn Vietnamese. Uh, and I've also used apps like BeMinder, uh, which I was recommended to by a great book called The Motivation Hacker. Um, but it's been a huge journey to get to where I am now. I know everything I just said, you're probably telling yourself, there is no way I could do that. And believe me, I once told myself that too. And it all comes back to you are who you think you are and the narrative that you tell yourself of what is possible. And I once told myself, you know, I'm never going to read. I'm never going to meditate. I'm never going to write because I absolutely hate to do all of those things. And in some ways I still do, but I'm able to progress myself. And it's sort of like once you get positive feedback, they, they show that that's called the feedback loop, right? And they, they've shown it's, it's even when you do drugs, the drugs that are the most addictive are the ones that reach your brain the quickest. And much like when we're doing a positive habit, the quicker you can get that, that reinforcement, that feedback, the more you're going to improve and see the meaning behind what you do. And I've dropped a lot of habits that I haven't found meaningful, but I've been able to keep the ones that I do find meaningful that do help me grow on a personal level. So uh, kind of long story short, my keystone habits I do every day are my main ones and I don't skip them. Uh, sometimes I do, but you know what? I forgive myself because self-acceptance has been a huge part of being able to fulfill myself in these habits. Yes, yes, yes. I think it all boils down. Every single amazing book that I've ever read, um, the one that I'm currently trying to uh, push out there is the overall theme is self-acceptance. And it's different for everybody. Um, and that's what makes it so incredibly hard to tackle down because it is a complex uh, subject is self-acceptance. But one thing I do want to comment on is uh, what's a bad habit that you keep on having that you just can't shake off? But I want to help you because um, I know I have one and I'll share it with you. Uh, maybe you could help me uh, you know, with it and I can help you with yours. But one of my bad habits is I really, 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 really only like to eat like twice a day. And I know that sounds silly and stupid, but I really just, I don't like eating. I just rather, if I'm going to sit down and eat, I'm going to sit down and eat for a while instead of like, you know, eating small mini meals throughout the day. Um, and uh, yeah, what's one that you have though, that you're trying to shake? Well, I would just say that's not really necessarily a bad thing. You know, there's a huge science about intermittent fasting. And I used to have the problem of always eating constantly. And in some ways I still do. And that's why whenever I go to the store, I'm able to resist buying any kind of snacks. But if I buy anything, if I buy a bag of chips, if I buy the bar of chocolate or a pint of ice cream, 
it is gone that night. I don't have any willpower or control. And I have constantly told myself, why, why, why can I not control myself when I can do all these amazing habits that I've been able to create out of sheer willpower in some instances, and yet I'm unable to resist that sweet temptation in the fridge. And that's still an issue I'm dealing with today. And I just have to accept that is a part of me. You know, it's still, you don't, you don't say that it's a part of you that you cannot improve, but you cannot improve or learn how to become better in what you do and who you are until you can first accept who you are. Right. And so if I can accept that I'm somebody who cannot control myself around sugar and then I feel horrible, especially on the weekends, you know, I work, everybody looks at me as, as working super hard. And that is something I do throughout the week, but especially on the weekends, I'm just incredibly lazy. I can't do anything at all. I can't get myself to do very much. Um, but if I would say one of the biggest habits is, you know, as you said, your your bad habit is to eat twice a day, uh, which by the way, all our bad habits are our perceptions of ourselves in a way, right? And the the biggest thing that I still have is a level of insecurity from always working. In fact, right now, when when we're doing this podcast, I have a little voice inside my head that thinks this is a little bit of a waste of time because I want to be working. It's no nothing on your end, um, but I have an immense amount of trouble separating myself from work. And I think it stems from an insecurity I had from always fe fearing that I will be homeless if I'm never able to produce money. And now I'm at a level of success, but that little voice is still there. And I have an incredible difficult time to separate when I should stop working and when I should be able to schedule that, that play time and it's very difficult. And anytime I'm not able to, to use my willpower to do work, or I feel like it was a waste today, I just feel absolutely terrible inside. And I know I've talked about this with a therapist, and this is a very unique problem that I don't know, it's certainly something. So I know I've touched over two issues, but uh, I'd say my biggest one is my, my addiction to work. Thank you so much for getting, I mean, you've been super vulnerable throughout this whole uh, interview so far, our conversation. So I really do appreciate you just putting it out on the line and being super transparent like that. Um, because it is, I think, a very um, rare and unique way of operating in the world. Uh, but one thing I'd really love to ask you is, uh, if you wrote an autobiography, what would you title it? Oh, I've been, uh, I've already been working on a book. Um, the it, it, something, a, a very, sh very short answer is, uh, I would say you are who you think you are. That has really been a, a huge theme in my past life um, that I even love to, to explore even in, in, even in here. You are who you think you are. That is, that is, a, I love that. I, and I, cause I believe that I believe the thing is of beliefs, um, which is the next part that I want to go into. Uh, the reason why I ch changed this podcast a little bit from a mental health podcast to a mental wealth podcast is I know for a fact the most profitable thing, profitable meaning it's a number of definitions, but as far as getting you from point A to point B is by a system of beliefs. If your system of beliefs is yeah i will never amount to being uh as good as tony robbins then that like you were saying earlier who who he who says he uh believes he is uh is for sure a thing that's true um i don't know if you put a confucius quote in it but i i certainly do i i certainly know that uh he who says he can and he who says he cannot are usually both right 
because I've seen myself go from uh, being one shade, uh, feeling like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. I, I, I'm not good enough to have a really nice body. Like, I'm, I'm not good enough to, you know, have people love me in life. Like, I'm unlovable. And then that actually be a complete thing in my life, a reality where I went from not having the nicest body to having a, a you know, which some people have said a, a, an absolute beautiful body. And then also being completely lovable to the point where, uh, you know, I actually get a, sort of ashamed when I, I'm commented on my looks and appeal yeah, to someone. Hello? Uh, yeah, Logan, I have to stop you right there because uh, yeah. one of the deepest insecurities I've ever had in my entire life is that I will have died without anybody ever knowing I had ever existed. That has been a deep-rooted security and an anxiety that I've ever had. Uh, and it stemmed actually from when I was young. I was picked on. I was bullied. Uh, I thought I was stupid. And I was an outcast. Uh, you know, I hung out with the geeks in school, but they didn't accept me. They only made fun of me and they just felt pity for me, which is why they allowed me to sit at their lunch table. So everybody else in school thought I was smart, except I was in the lowest math class, which was actually the grade below. And so I would actually have to look in the corner in the hallway and go in the math class when nobody in my grade was looking. And I would always have to bury my head whenever somebody from my, my actual grade came into the math class to deliver a note. I remember a time that somebody looked at me and they're like, Cody, why, why were you in this, this class? And I had to have this, this battle of my identity of who I was and never being accepted and always feeling like this outcast. And in fact, it even kind of climaxed. One time I, I went away from homeschool. I went to do homeschooling because I thought I didn't want to go to school anymore. And I was away for about six months, but then I started to get lonely. So I got rid of my glasses. I put my contacts on and I decided to go back to school. But I had this mentality that, you know what? Everybody's kind of forgotten about me for six months. I'm going to go and I'm going to be a person that everybody likes. Everybody's going to like me because I'm going to be cool with everybody. The jocks, everybody, it doesn't matter. And I went in with that attitude, but everybody still remembered the old me, the person that was an outcast that didn't fit in. And it sort of climaxed one time at the lunch table when I was sitting with my one friend and he sat, sat down this, this table kind of full of other outcasts, but they're kind of like the cool kids that nobody screws with because they are just like, they would beat you up. And I sat down and this one girl, like she just did not like me. So she got up and I said, ah, oh, whatever. And I used the B word. And then uh, she got in my face and she said, tell me, well, say that one more time. And, and, you know, in the moment, I wasn't trying to be like cruel to her. I wasn't trying to just say that because I disliked her. It was a comment that I said out of the ego of trying to be accepted. Uh, what would other kids say if somebody else got up, you know, like, oh, whatever, I don't care. Right. And the whole lunchroom got incredibly quiet. And she threatened the same for me to say that one more time, or she would punch me in the face. And of course, I didn't. I just said I'm sorry. Um, but that was my 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 kind of story of trying to fit in with everybody and realizing that you know what, you can never have everybody accept you. And I went through this huge transition after I dropped out of high school, actually, where I was alone. I was depressed. I had no friends. I thought nobody would ever like me. I mean, I'm so weird and awkward. How could anybody even befriend me? And I had, I realized I went through this, I had this negative mindset, right? I had this narrative. I was telling myself that I'm stupid. I'm never going to be successful. I have this business, but it's not really going to be as successful as these other people who have way more successful businesses than I, I do. 
And I started reading Forbes and Inc. and these online magazines. And then that's what led me to start reading books, which started to introduce me to, to positive my psychology, to healthy habits, to what's the right foods to eat. And I started to have this mental transition. And at some point, actually early this year, I, I wrote a small ebook that I'm trying to figure out how to release where I realized actually that I had this transition where I realized that I was, uh, all of a sudden I had more of a positive mindset. I, I accepted who I was. Um, later, actually going to therapy, I found out that I also had Asperger's and that was a, a huge like thing I had to accept, uh, which is a, a form of mild autism. And it was, it was incredible when I realized that I was younger and I told myself all these things I couldn't do. And one of the, one of the perfect examples actually is, is when I would, when I was running my business, I would kind of in between as a breakout play video games. And one of the games I absolutely loved to play was Microsoft Flight Simulator. And in that game, I would like fly the 737s and 747s. But in the back of my head, I told myself, you know what? I can never be a pilot. And a few years ago, back in 2015, I actually became a, a certified pilot just of a, of a single engine. Uh, it was something, it was, it was not an easy process to go through, but I actually proved to myself when I actually got my license of like, wow, I told myself that I could not do this when I was younger. I wonder what else is possible. And that is a mindset that I really want to teach others that, you know, we all have this narrative, especially when you go into school, you know, you're bullied and you're picked on. And it was actually just earlier this year, I went to a festival and there was like this big bro that came up to me and he started just having a casual conversation with me. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, what does this guy want from me? He's just trying to sell me drugs. What does he want? Like, he surely wants something. And then we just had this casual conversation and then he walked off. And then I was like, wow, like, wait, he didn't want, he didn't want anything. I didn't feel like he was judging me, but yet I was judging him. And it's because we all end up growing up in this toxic environment, the school where we can be picked on and we're made fun of for the things that make us different and unique. And we judge ourselves based on that, that, that toxic culture. And that's what our societies kind of turn into. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a really fantastic documentary on Netflix that talks about boys growing up in school and having a lot of repressed emotions, because if you cry in front of other boys, you're going to be called a fag. You can't do that. And so we end up having a lot of trauma, repressed feelings, uh, problems in society as a whole because of that. So uh, I'm, I'm sure much like you, Logan, I feel like I'm on a mission to try and help uh, teach what they don't teach in school, that uh, it's not what other kids perceive you, uh, but it is really up to who you think you are, finding positive role models to associate yourself with and truly realizing that you are, you set your own limits. And uh, I think I've been able to prove that uh, more than a few times. And I guess that's uh, what keeps keeps the ball rolling. One, one question that I'm, I'm really curious about is, what do you think uh, the most important question is to ask of someone that's going through that deep, dark, serious, hard time right now and needs, uh, needs that one question to be asked in order to kind of break them open? Mm. I wish I had some time to answer that, but if I had to just say outright, uh, it would be somewhere along the lines of finding, I mean, finding meaning behind what you do. And I think a lot of the time we, we end up going through life, you know, you end up hearing about uh, like, like a kid, you know, as you go through, through law school because your parents wanted you to become a lawyer or you find that you're good at something, but you end up growing disgruntled and you hate it. 
and I remember when I was actually going through pilot training, I actually I saw this comic I still remember today where you're in a Cessna, and especially when you're flying those small planes, you look up at that 737, that, that big airplane, you wish you were flying that. And all the same, that guy flying that 737 is looking at you in the Cessna, wishing that he was in your position. Because once you end up doing something for so long, that passion becomes a job, and you end up despising that job. And I think a lot of times we end up pursuing something that we're good at, uh, or that we were sort of forced to go down a certain path but yet we aren't listening to ourselves. It's sort of like we, we wake up and we get burned out way too much, but we don't make that connection between the fact of, of what we're doing is, is wearing us out and we don't stop to think that maybe this or that or this relationship is what is causing the stress and this problem in our life that is throwing us off path so we can't find where we really wanna go and what impact we wanna have. Because certainly at the end of every day and every person's life, the biggest question that, uh, I mean, the biggest misstep that a lot of people end up making is realizing all the things that they were afraid of doing or the, or the things that they didn't do uh, and the questions that they didn't ask because they had uh, anxiety. They didn't, they didn't know what to do. Uh, so I think there is an aspect that you need to listen to your voice. You need to be able to be mindful. Uh, and certainly this is where daily journaling has helped. This is where daily meditation has helped. It has helped me to realize all these unconscious parts about myself that were causing me to do this and that. Uh, there's an aspect, you know, I Googled the term metacognition. Uh, I, I, I absolutely love being able to analyze my own thoughts and it's, it's, a, it's a gift, but I wouldn't say it's a gift that was born of genetics. It's something I've learned over time. And if you have the mindset of a growth mindset, you know, there's that great book uh, called Mindset and it teaches you that we either have self-limiting beliefs where we think that we have a fixed skill set or we think that we can grow and we can understand who we are. Like, for example, My Myers-Briggs, which is a type of personality test. Uh, I'm an INTJ and a lot of people will, will find out what their personality types are and then they'll read their strengths and their weaknesses. And then they tell themselves, OK, you know, in my case, I'm very bad at socializing. Uh, that's what that that's what the personality profile tells me. But instead, I can view it as, okay, this is the baseline of what I'm, I know I'm not really that great at. And so let me improve that. Let me figure out how to become better at socializing. Let me figure out how to become better at making friends and all those things. And so you can use uh, external information, psychology studies, whatever, as a way of forming your outline, of forming your map of where you want to go and what you want to do. And I think a lot of the times we fail to listen to that inner voice until it's too late. You know, you created a business uh, that's still, you know, running uh, called Support Ninja. And I think you kind of broke down one thing that I really want to point out is that you have created a way of utilizing Myers-Briggs as not a way of limiting yourself. Like sometimes people limit themselves from the Myers-Briggs because they uh, go, okay, I'm good at socializing or I'm not good at socializing, which the Meyer-Briggs test will tell you you are, and actually putting on, okay, this is a baseline. So I believe that uh, not only are you good at support ninja, but you're also a support artist, meaning that you, you, you created art out of this uh, psychology belief or psychological belief uh, by, by actually molding something that is not just computer generated, but also... Uh, generated by a, a very wise young man. So I, I appreciate you for doing that. And I appreciate 
you giving that value right there because I think that we don't talk about that. Like this show is based off of the things we think about a lot and the things we need to talk about more. And um, with inside schools, like you said earlier, uh, there's things that are being taught that just aren't uh, really tools that we need in life sometimes. And so what's that one tool you think you learn through um, uh, maybe fa- failures with certain clients in your business uh, where there's just disputes? And how, how do you think uh, someone can actually start implementing those, those, those learnings that you've learned from today? Uh, one of the biggest measurements that I've had to help guide me in life has honestly been stoicism. Uh, when I first came upon it, it was from Ryan Holiday's book. Uh, he had the book, his book was The Obstacle is the Way. And that really introduced me to the concept. And I started reading about meditation by Marcus Aurelius and you have Epictetus, uh, Seneca, and they all have different variations of, of stoicism. But the ideal self is to not get so wrapped up in what's happening and what could happen. Uh, if you get cancer, you know, if, imagine if you get cancer today and then, you know, there's so many stories of people who ex- immediately accelerate everything that they want to do in life and they get it done now. And what's to stop you from doing that? And it's simply because we think that we have so much time left that we can afford to watch TV. We can afford to waste this time doing this and that. And we don't really stop to accept that, that we're part of nature. And, and I don't want to get all uh, hippy-washy here. Uh, but the stoicism has been very helpful for me uh, as a guiding light and not getting emotionally distraught um, because I've been screwed over a lot of times. You know, I, I'm on, I honestly want to write a book about all the times I've been screwed over because I trusted business partners way too much. And that's probably a part of my Asperger's where I would say, you know, it's very hard for me to, it was very hard, I would say that uh, to figure out a person is I could never understand their true motivations. And I would end up partnering with a business partner that I I thought they really liked me. And I thought like my first business partner, like, oh, he's kind of like a father figure to me. My second one was kind of like a brother to me and all those different things. And I would tell them everything that was going through my head and that allowed them to manipulate me, that allowed them to control the company, that allowed them to steal from me. And I never saw any of that was going on. And then I started to learn about NLP, which is from Tony Robbins. I started to learn about uh, socializing. I started to learn about body language. Uh, I, I read more about psychology. I, I wrote actually a blog post on my website, CodyMcLean.com. Uh, and I forgot the actual URL, but I, I, I talked about how I was actually screwed over. And then I talked about the drama triangle and the psychology that Cartman triangle actually is, is a very interesting aspect, but uh, going on a bit of a tangent, of course I do that sometimes. Um, but the uh, stoicism has been helpful. Uh, and, uh, what I would say is that there's so many times I've gotten emotional and you just get angry and upset and that causes you to do those things that you don't want to do, right. Or that you regret doing later on. And with stoicism, it has allowed me to step back. So whenever somebody's yelling at me, I don't get emotional anymore. I don't let them affect me because I know that they can't, they can't hurt me. It's everything that I do, I decide to do in that moment, but I'm not being emotionally distracted by that person um, or, their, or their emotions. And that has allowed me to not make more bad decisions. That has allowed me to be objective about the situation. Uh, and so I think of myself as somebody that's more neutral and I get angry less and I make less mistakes simply because I don't let myself react emotionally. I, I will take that in and I think about it, I process it, and then I'll respond. Um, so learning not to be a quick shooter 
in a way, I guess, is my end to this very long tangent. <laughs> Thank you. No, I really, uh, I really love that you you're a huge, huge practitioner of the stoicism. Uh, we're coming down to the end right now, and I want to just ask you a few more qu- questions. And uh, one of them being is, uh, do, do you really think that someone has to go through a near death experience or sort of that in, in incredible trauma to start living today? Hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's an interesting question I've debated with a lot of my friends who are now only just starting to have kids and they're fairly wealthy off. Whereas if, you know, I was growing up poor and, you know, one of my best friends was also a hustler growing up in Chicago and, and he was poor and he became a very successful entrepreneur today. And I, we've, we've questioned like, you know, if you raise up kids and you're successful, like, you know, even if you're like that Bill Gates type where you say that, okay, you're not going to just let them inherit your money when you die. Uh, they're still living a privileged life. And so how can they not grow up with the mindset of being privileged, even if you withhold that money? Because it doesn't matter if you don't give them the money. They know who they are. They have their ego. They're growing up in that environment. And I think at most what you can do is you can't uh, you can't be that evil parent that is going to hit your child or say that you must do this because you do that. And that is where you end up having resentment. You grow up, you end up hating that activity. You know, if, you're, if your mom forced you to go to piano recital as a kid, and you absolutely hated it. I guarantee you're probably not playing piano today. But if your mom saw that you had an interest in piano and said, hey, do you want to go try this? And, you know, maybe she made you to go to a few lessons, but after a while you said, no, I still don't like it. And, you know, she didn't force you to go back into it. Then maybe, in, you know, 10 years later, you grew up and you realize like, you know what, I, I like to play piano, let me buy a piano. And then you start playing it again. And in some ways that was me when I, I, I wanted to become a pilot, I wanted to become a photographer, all these things I didn't really have the chance to, but you can't force it. You can't force it upon yourself. You can't force it upon other people. And and one of the, the gravest examples I could give was my mom was an alcoholic and that's partially why she died. Uh, and she was addicted to alcohol and every single day she would, I mean, she would basically down a bottle of vodka. And sometimes I would get so upset at her. I would run upstairs and the smoke filled room and it's dirty and trashy. And I would, I would take all her vodka and I would run downstairs. I would pour it in the sink and then she'd run after me even when she was in a diaper because she couldn't control her bowels. Her, her body was shutting down. I was so resentful. I was so hateful. And my my grandfather actually tried to get her to go to rehab. And so he actually got a judge to go to tell her to go to alcohol rehab. Um, but she ended up getting back and drinking again. And there was a moment when I realized that, you know, you really can't help a person who doesn't want to be helped. And the same is true. You can't force something upon somebody else. At most, you can only help them to make that decision on their own. You can only inform them. You can only guide them. And the one thing that I remember is despite my mother's addiction to alcohol is that she truly and deeply loved us. She couldn't take care of us. So we had a, my sister and I, we kind of had to take care of ourselves. Um, but I remember the, the love that she had. That's what I remember. And so if you're raising a child, if you're growing up, uh, you can't force yourself to do anything. It's very difficult to do that. And if you're trying to get yourself to form a new positive habit, you can't just just look at yourself in the mirror and you know say I'm fat and let me try this new diet drug and then you give up. Everything in life is kind of an A B test where you're trying one thing, you're trying the next thing. Uh, purpose is not to give up, but the biggest thing I found besides doing daily meditation and a weekly journaling session 
is to always be in connection with your why, that deeper intuition, that gut feeling. And too often we don't pay attention to how something made us feel or whether something, whether we really like to go do something. It's sort of like there's there's a time when we want to go and uh, we, we end up committing to something, but then you have this deeper feeling of like, you don't want to go meet that person that you agreed to go, go meet up with, but you, you, you go do it anyway because you kind of pre-committed to it. And sometimes that's good, but sometimes that's bad. And sometimes we fail to listen to that inner critic, the inner voice that tells us what we do want to do and what we don't want to do. So to wrap all that up, there's you have to guide people. You can't force yourself upon somebody else. And at most, you can try and find your meaning behind everything that you do. Because if you can find that meaning behind the things that you do, then that's what's going to drive your passion. That's what's going to drive that ambition and that success. Uh, and it's going to just kind of spiral up from there. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, excellent. Excellent uh, way of looking at things. And I, I don't want to say it's it's advice that someone needs to adopt right away, but it's definitely a perception that someone could look through that uh, it, it would be incredibly valuable for them. Uh, I do want to ask you, though, real quick, uh, if you could be just one person for a month, who would you? Who would it be, and and why? Ah, uh, I, I I've stopped associating myself with people, but if there's one person, I would have to say um, it wouldn't be because I want to be that person. Uh, well, actually, no. Okay, I'm going to give you two answers. Actually, uh, the first answer is I'm going to say Tim Ferriss it's because <laughs> I've always wanted to be Tim Ferriss. And the problem, though, is that we end up putting these people that we know on a pedestal and we compare all of their strengths so publicly to all of our internal weaknesses that we know so vividly. And we then compare ourselves. And then for the longest time, I was telling myself, I want to be Tim Ferriss. I want to have a book. I want to have a blog. I want to have an audience. I want to have a podcast. And I'm still going in that direction. But I realized I don't have to be Tim Ferriss. And what people really love is being vulnerable and being you. And the more that you can be you, the more people are going to like that. And there was, a, there was a great essay by Paul Graham, who was one of the founders of Y Combinator, where he had a blog post called Your 1,000 True Fans. And that's all you really need to have a brand, to have a business, is to have 1,000 people who truly love you and what you do. And I've recognized you know, from that story when I was in school is that not everybody's going to like you. And that's okay. And that's a part of putting yourself out there is that you can't do something that is going to be shared with other people without getting criticism. And so to be okay, not being like that person that you idolize so much, that's okay. And so uh, my first answer would be Tim Ferriss, because that is somebody I I always would compare myself to. And I would, I would always kind of ask, you know, WWTF, you know, what would Tim Ferriss do in a way, right? And I've stopped doing that. I start to ask myself, what do I want to do? And my second answer would be Elon Musk. And I say that because there's, I mean, there's a lot of people. And so I look at, say, Bill Gates and Elon Musk. There's a lot of people that are trying to do good in this world. And in the case of Bill Gates, you know, he's trying to cure malaria and he's trying to help a lot of organizations in the present. And what I appreciate about Elon Musk is that he's trying to help humanity for the future. He is trying to think of how to save humanity, how to allow us to be a multi-planetary species. He's doing everything that so many people in San Francisco and Silicon Valley are not. Because if you look back in the 1990s, there was so much ambition about everything in technology and, and code and everything and AI, what, what it could possibly do. And you know what we end up doing with that intelligence? We end up creating Twitter. 
we end up creating Facebook. Um, by the very definition where a Facebook executive said not only a month ago that he thinks that it is a, a software that is actually detrimental to society as a whole. And in large part, everybody in San Francisco and not just San Francisco, but uh, apps and technology in general, they're focusing on that bottom line, how to make money how to profit from understanding human psychology at a deeper and fundamental level to hook people to their applications, to allow people to download your app and not have to buy money. And then you end up getting a $500 bill because your kid bought a whole bunch of gems from that stupid game. Uh, and so we end up signing meaning to the wrong things. And one of the things I really and deeply respect about Elon Musk, and of course, it's not just one person, there's a lot of other people too, uh, is that he's focusing on how to help humanity for the future. And if there's anything I've come to understand is I want to try and have a positive impact now. That's what wakes me up. You know, I love having a multi-million dollar company, but it's not what makes me wake up every morning. It's the idea of, well, actually not even the idea of when I've written a blog post, I'd have somebody tell me that something I wrote truly helped them. And that's what has inspired me to continue on my mission of writing, of wanting to have these discussions and actually talking about these deep personal issues that so many of us are afraid of talking about. And so to wrap that up, uh, Elon Musk, because he's focusing on how to help humanity as a whole. And I think you, you, you have those two ends of the coin of either helping the present or helping the future. They're both incredibly respectful to have that deeper meaning behind what you're doing. And so I think that's, that's what I strive for is to figure out a way to help humanity either in the present or in the future. Um, even though my name might be forgotten in the history books, that's okay as long as I know I had an impact. Oh, man. Uh, the incredible two people that you chose. I love that answer. Uh, very huge, huge fan of that. Um, I really, really just need to ask you one more question that I'm just super curious about. And then uh, another one uh, just about your podcast, so you can talk about that a little bit. Uh, but the f before we get to the podcast, I do want to ask you, what is something that you've been really deeply, deeply, deeply curious about, but you haven't actually like done anything with it? You've just mentally sort of exercised the idea, but you haven't actually taken any uh, movement or direction towards actually having experience with that curiosity. Uh, probably there's an aspect of how vulnerable do I want to be, right? Uh, uh, I want to understand uh spirituality more i also i used to think that was hippie bullshit. Uh, i'm not a religious person but i think we all have in some ways a soul you know we have a, a consciousness that science cannot define uh there are ways of of viewing ourselves our thoughts and ways in our our, our mental standpoint of viewing things in the here and now we don't always see that from the right perspective it's, it's i'm going kind of a little abstract i know uh, but there's aspects of understanding science, of understanding uh, psychology, of body language. Uh, I look at NLP, which is this neuro-linguistic programming, and how these little conscious actions and things that we say can actually affect in the ways that we think and what we do. Uh, I look at the emerging science of drugs and psychedelics and what that could do and what kind of positive impact that could have on our society. Uh, but there's so much. Uh, I am always uncovering. So I, I'm sorry to kind of stonewall you a little bit, but that's uh, that's kind of what I, I think off the top of my head. No, that's uh, I, I, dude. Uh, our stars align, my friend, because I'm, I'm the same way. I'm deeply, deeply uh, curious about spirituality, and I called the church today just to try to 
see if I could uh, get in that community. And I just have not been associated with a church in about 15 years. So uh, I, I get it, man. I get the the abstract and also just <laughs> kind of wanting to go for it. But at the same time going, uh, I, I know too much. And sometimes um, you just got to allow yourself to believe that uh, ignorance is bliss. And so uh, knowing too much can sometimes be uh, hurtful. But just believing and having faith uh, can really take you far. But anyways, uh, I know you could probably comment on that. Uh, no, I want to. I okay, want to. Okay, okay. We really need to wrap up. Uh, I really just want to really quick talk about your podcast because I believe in it and I believe in it so much that I want you to just talk, tell, you know, tell me what it's about. Okay, so uh, I'll be launching a podcast very soon. Uh, it's called the Mind Hack Podcast. I, I had that domain so long ago, but I've never figured out what I wanted to do with it until now. And the podcast, as you might assume, is about dissecting our brain. It's about understanding our actions, our habits, our routines, the way that we think, uh, the narrative that we all tell ourselves. That's incredibly important. We all have a narrative. We all have an ego. Uh, as Alan Watts once said, uh, you can never separate yourself from your ego, but at most you can hope to be humble. And that's a, a quote that I remember very vividly, uh, even though it's not uh, paraphrased it, is that uh, we all have these experiences, these these life stories that we go through, positive and negative, these these things that we tell ourselves, but then we later realize that it wasn't the case and it was actually because of this or that. And we end up having these uh, these these blimps of of realizations where we realize that we were this person and we're now that person. And so in some cases, there's a lot of podcasts that understand or that try and look at like the specific business strategy behind somebody's success. But you've never heard of a depressed CEO becoming or growing a successful company, right? Is you truly have to find that happiness before you can achieve that greater ambition, that greater devotion to whatever you want to achieve in life, uh, whether that's through minimalism and finding what are the right things to put your brain in and focus on and not distract yourself from. And so these are all topics, whether it's psychology, positive mindset, success, uh, leadership, and just the general mindset that you should probably have by interviewing people of other successes, whether it's in business, um, creativity, writing, et cetera, and understanding what was their childhood experience? What were their uh, bad habits? What were their bad experiences and good experiences that eventually led them to become the person that they are, establish the good habits, and most importantly, establish the mindset that allow them to become the person that they are today. So that's, that's in a wrap. That's an amazing, amazing idea for a podcast. And I just want to say, please check that out when it rolls out. And, um, you know, when I, I think on a later date, I'd love to have you back on the show and kind of uh, debunk what you've taken from interviewing these successful people and really, you know, tackling that idea and digesting it. It'd be great to come back on and kind of share that knowledge with us and and um, also maybe, uh, you know, have a, an opportunity for you to uh, come back and talk about a whole episode of spirituality and if it's changed for you and your ide- ideologies on it and whatnot. But I do want to say uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, if there's anything that you want to leave off on, please, the floor is yours. Uh, so much. Well, 
there's a, uh, a, a quote that I used to tell myself that uh, we, I mean, we, we set our own expectations. Uh, I forgot my quote, but I'm just going to end it by saying that, uh, again, remember, uh, you are who you think you are. We all have the narrative that we tell ourselves. So tell yourself a positive narrative. Be happy with who you are. Be self-accepting because accepting yourself is the first step to radical change and success in life. Yes, I agree with that so much. And if you feel like right now, you, that one person right now is listening right now and you believe that you're having a hard time changing and you got to go through some deep trauma first to actually change, just, just take that quote that he just said. And I guarantee if you just Instagram it, Facebook about it, tweet about it, just putting it on the ethos um, will be a way for you to keep visiting that and put it out into the universe to actually listen to you and, and you start listening to it. It's really odd how that works. Uh, so thank you again, though, Cody, so much for coming on Scratch Your Own Itch. Uh, I really hope I can have you back on. Yes, of course. One more thing. I, I saw my quote, the, what, the one thing I want to say uh, is that your potential can far exceed your expectations. So that's that's that. Oh, yeah, uh, and sometimes you can't even trust the mind to get there. Uh, you just gotta trust the the body. Go for it with body movement is everything. As Cody has exemplified during this interview, that he once believed a certain uh, very specific belief that turned out to be not true with you know the pilot and also um, not being. Uh, you anybody that has a lot of money and he turned that around too and he's done that time and time again and that means that you right now are capable of doing the same thing and it comes down to your limiting belief so thanks again cody man i can't wait to keep talking to you and i hope we stay connected man yeah sounds good thank you for having me logan absolutely All right, well, there's another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch with Cody McLean and myself. Wow. Uh, I will say this right away, that I really appreciate you guys taking the time to support the show by leaving reviews, by listening in, and by hitting that subscribe button so every time an episode pops out, you get updated on knowing that I just popped out an episode. So... Uh, I got to ask you, though, one more question. Did you do that thing that I asked you to do at the beginning of the show? All right, if you haven't, no big deal. I'll ask you the question again. What is that one thing that you think you need to do before you can actually become the person you want to become? And what is a one? what is one nice thing that you can do for someone? And just taking action on that. And I know that it's going to be hard, and I get it. I get it. I get it. It's not easy to just call a friend and tell them how amazing they are to you and how even if you haven't talked to them in forever, it's our relationships that we have with us that I think actually somehow rescue us from the trauma that are that is just going on in our heads constantly. This is all about mental wealth to get stronger mentally. And uh, just like a muscle grows from doing things that it doesn't normally do, from certain stresses and stimuluses, the same thing 
goes for a brain. And believe it or not, the brain is a muscle. So please, please let me know, though, uh, what you think of the show by leaving a review. Also, get in contact with me. Uh, if you want to join the Facebook group, Scratch Your Own Itch, Creating a Life Worth Living, I will put that in the show notes. And I also invite you to just help yourself by t- telling your story. And if you're having a hard time telling your story, please email me, logan at logantylernelson.com. Again, that's logan at logantylernelson.com. Because the thing is, Everyone has that thing inside of them that they believe isn't good enough, but I know for a fact that it is good enough. And I know for a fact it actually is a superpower that they just don't know that they're tapping into every day because, well, it's like, you know, it's like growing. You don't see yourself grow by just staring in the mirror for 10 minutes. Growing is a thing that happens slowly. And I want to release you from that ideal that you're not growing. So please reach out to me and I want to help you find your zone of genius. I want to help you find the area in which you want to discover more about yourself. So email me at logan at logantylernelson.com. And I would love to answer any questions you may have on storytelling or podcasting or blogs. So without further ado, you matter and you're enough.